Good morning, Grace City family. Our reading this morning is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and direct one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Hey, Paula, could we sing a little, just another chorus of This Is My Story? Let's sing, and let's sing We Have a Story, okay? You all may have a seat. We're, uh, we're going to be worshiping together in a very different sort of way in this message. I uh, hope you can all see the worship team because they are part of the part of the message this morning. But let's sing We Have a Story. We have a story. I love this church. I love the fact that you're here this morning on this windy morning. I was praying earlier that, you know, God, thy will be done. But if you want to calm the wind for an hour, that would be awesome. And like three minutes later, folk team from the VMI showed up to start lowering these doors. So God calms the wind in a variety of ways, doesn't he? Um, so I'm so, so thrilled to be with you. We're going to do a, a family style message this morning. And I would ask you on your phone, if you don't have that, your, the lyrics for this morning's music downloaded, do so if possible. There's a QR code in the back. I think it's in your mail as well. But you're going to want to see the lyrics today, although the songs are, are probably familiar to many of you as well. But I want us to be singers today, and let me tell you why. Um, the, I, the, the reason I want to have the worship team stay right there with me today, worship team. Can you see us all? Um, it's, it's verse 16 of Colossians 3 is our central text this morning that Tolu just read. Here it is again. Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly. Watch this. As you teach and direct one another. That's our series, one another. Teach and direct one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, song, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So our fall series, One Another, shows up musically here, and I'm, I'm working directly from the text that we just read, from the title, from the title, Teach One Another, Teach One Another, and it's a musical text, it's a musical text, and I think the how of how we teach one another is going to delight you rather than burden you. Sometimes I think of this word teach, and we think it's sort of didactic and coming in over top of somebody. But what Paul is after here in Colossians is something much, much different. 
I will never forget, Paula, that in, in uh, second year of seminary, Corey, uh, we'd done all our Greek, we were becoming fluent, and I was headed into um, uh, the exegesis of, of the uh, pastoral epistles. The first one is 1 Timothy. And our pre-assignment for this course was you have to do your own translation from the Greek uh, and do the, translate all of 1 Timothy. So we come into that first day of class with our own translations. We're all kind of nervous. Uh, of what anyone will say about it. I remember Gordon Fee was the professor. Now, some of you might know that Gordon Fee is one of the most well-known, uh, well-regarded New Testament professors uh, in all of Christendom. Uh, and Professor Fee starts this way as we're into 1 Timothy. He says, okay, turn to 1 Timothy 1.17. It's not in any of your notes, and, but you can look it up if you like. And he, and he begins to sing. Give me a D chord, Troy. Give me a D chord. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible. Okay, I want you to say it, but now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, invisible, the only wise God, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. One more amen. Amen. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You can sing it at home too. It's harder to sing on your sofa, I know. This time I want to divide. We're going to do half the room and half the room. I'm going to do it as a round. Are you ready with me? We're going to do it as a round. Uh, you start and then I'll cue you guys in. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only... I, I didn't cue you in time. God, be everybody under and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Okay, we've got to try it once as a round. Start it again. I'll do it this time. Now unto the King eternal, and now unto the King eternal, immortal, the only wise God, the only wise God. Everybody together, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Be honor and glory forever and ever. You see, now I didn't cue the band on that, but they started playing along because we're all part of the family. I didn't tell them I was going to do that, but here we are. And isn't that a great way to, to learn the Word of God? I think it is. This morning, I want to draw your attention, church, to the small words that link us when we go to teach one another, the prepositions that connect these words of life. And I would summarize verse 16 in the scripture this morning uh, in this way, that we are teaching one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Number one, we sing to God. Number two, we sing about Christ. And number three, we sing for one another. Somebody say for one another. These things all overlap, and they extend beyond music, of course. But I want you, I want all of us as Grace City to get the musical vibe that comes when we interact and teach one another. It's meant to be delightful, not burdensome. So let me break it down in this context. Grace City, we live out a musical faith. We do. 
Our Bible is full of songs and commands us to sing. Moses sang, Deborah sang, David sang, Mary sang, Jesus sang. Did you know that? Paul's churches were singing churches. Job asserts that the creation of the morning, the morning stars, that creation all sang together. In the revelation of John, uh, the dominant practice in the world to come, we learn, is what? It's singing. So this morning's text is going to help us rehearse for those eternal times and get ready for it. I personally love to sing and play music. I've had a chance to play in bands throughout college. I played in nightclubs uh, when I was in seminary. I played for many years with a worship team much like this. Uh, and it's always been one of the distinct delights in my life. And I will say this, many things in Scripture are difficult for me. They're, they're difficult to understand. They're difficult to even enjoy and difficult to practice. But this expectation, Grace City, to enjoy and sing to God about Christ for one another is one of the delights of my life. And I think Paul is calling it us to learn that for ourselves. Here's verse 16 again in the paraphrase, the message. Are you ready? Let the word of Christ, this is a, a paraphrase, not the um, literal translation, but here's the message. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another, there it is, with good common sense. Anybody need that this, these days? <laughs> with good, and sing, it says, sing your hearts out to God. So let's give him the run of our house this morning. This is our house. This is the Grace City house. It's been good to get back to singing together in this season since we were in lockdown. And you know, I, as, as we were in lockdown, Corey and I talked often and the worship team, church was never intended to be the spiritual equivalent of a spectator sport. Amen? It's not meant to be that where we watch and we sample a little bit of what we like and don't like, and we mentally award performance points and ratings to various portions of church. Hey, that worship team today, I give five stars, but the sermon by that white pastor, that was a two and a half. You know, we, we kind of go through this uh, often. And I know, I know, church, that our lockdown services were indeed a lifeline for many. And, and those of you on online with us this morning, we're so glad you're there with us. Uh, and I know that it's a lifeline. Literally, Corey, thousands of people tuned in through the last year and a half. They looked in at Grace City from all over the world. We got emails from people in different parts of the world. I got appreciative emails from people I hadn't seen since high school and, and from, from undergrad. And my family from across the country tuned in some weeks. It was great. Um, I even got one sarcastic old friend sent me an email and complimented my hairstyle online, which was great. And if you haven't seen that lately, this is what he was talking about. So we had Fireside Church, Paula. It was kind of like the FDR days, for those of you who might remember FDR. It was, it was Sofa Church, and it can still be Sofa Church, and it was great as a solution, but it, it was a problem, too, because we connected our iPads and, and, and connected them to the TV, and there we sat on our sofas spectators on the sofa. We didn't really sing, did we? It was just, it's hard to sing at home with just yourself or family or roommates present. It was a struggle often to focus and our minds can wander. I know it did for me, but it was short. It was sweet. We shortened everything. It was hassle-free, Corey, no travel, no awkward conversations, no hugging. Thank God for the introverts. All the boundaries were in place, all of the benefits, few of the costs. And yet I could never quite dodge Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It's on your screens at home. And, and here's what, 
the author of Hebrews writes, and let us consider how we may spur one another, there it is again, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Watch this, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. God, help us, let's not get in the habit of not meeting together, but encouraging one another, there it is again, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Grace City, there is something irreplaceable about followers of Christ getting together. Somebody say amen. amen. Things happen when we do that do not happen otherwise. It's where one anothering happens. Christ rules the world for his church gathered. It's the apple of his eye. It's the passion of his heart. He was willing to die for it. So Grace City, believing involves belonging. Believing involves belonging. If you take no other note today, write that down. First up this morning, we see that when we sing to teach one another, we first sing to God. We sing to God. It's verses 12 to 14. And because this is about wardrobe, I'm going to call this our dress rehearsal for, 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 the, for the times when we're with God in eternity. In verse 16, we've seen that God is the audience. We see it there. Sing to God. No one else. Sing to God. Not the congregation, but God. Not the pastors, not the worship team. We sing to God. Amen, Paula? And when we sing, we surrender ourselves to God. This is why many people love to lift their hands. It's not anything other than, this is God I'm singing to. I surrender because he's bigger than me. This is why we do this. Music is an offering we bring to God. Everything in the worship service church is an offering. When we collect the offering, we know it's an offering because we call it the offering. But the same is true of our prayers. We pray prayers of praise, petition, intercession. This sermon, frankly, is my offering to God. It is. God is the primary congregation to whom I preach. And in the same way, all of our music is to God. And weirdly, weirdly, music can divide us in the same way so many things divide us today, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because we want to sing this style or this song, and this one wasn't good enough, and it can divide us. I want to, in Grace City, instead, instead we teach one another, let's look at it through the, the lens of music. In C.S. Lewis's essay on church music, he was dealing then, and it was 55 years ago, Kathy, for, for Lewis, but he was dealing then with what we deal with today. Arguments over style of music, high music, low music, CCM music, gospel music, blues music, whatever. and we, we talk about these things today. But here's what Lewis said, among many other things. He said, defer to your neighbor when it comes to music. Defer to one another. Here's how he said it. We should say to one another, I want to sing what you want to sing. That's one anothering. Amen? Imagine that attitude at church with everything. I want what you want. Marjorie, I want what, what you want, Corey. How do we pull it off? Well, it's all in the text. It's in the costuming. Look at it, verses 12 to 14 with me. This is the dress we put on. This is our dress rehearsal. And the band, you're coming up here, so stay with me. Therefore, as God's holy people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Put on the clothes of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And all the, over all these virtues put on love. So we dress up for life events. We think of designers like Telford Clemens and Calvin Klein or Aurora James. But living on earth as it is in heaven, the, the clothing is more meaningful. Amen? Here in the text we find three inner attitudes from God or underwear, if you will. Paired with three outer attitudes or outward practices, outerwear, if you will, by which we interact with one another. Here's how we dress for the concert to change the world, the singing to God. We dress with this. First, compassion with kindness. Kindness toward another reveals an inner attitude of compassion. You, you can't be compassionate and not be kind. Paul says, put it on. Put on those clothes. 
Secondly, we find humility, which John Stott rightly calls the rarest and fairest of all Christian virtues. And inner humility brings gentleness towards others. Wear the underwear of humility, it will give you the outerwear of gentleness. And then the third pairing is patience. Patience on the inside, and then you give forbearance and forgiveness on the outside. Put these clothes on, he says. Put these clothes on. And then overall, Paul summarizes saying, put on love. And, and many people have called this the overcoat of love. Put on the over- How many of you wish you had an overcoat here this morning? Some of you are wearing blankets. Put on the blanket of love. Great City, there's so many sermons we could give around. We could give a sermon on all those pairings, and maybe we will someday. But our job, here's what we learn at least from these, this putting on these clothes. Our job is not to change one another. Our job is not to change one another. Our jo- Instead, we should actually say, we are here with one another to help one another grow. And my job is to help you get where you're going in Christ. And your job is to help me get where I'm going in Christ. So put on those clothes. Worship team, you can start to warm up with your next song. Start to play it. Here's the deal. We are dearly loved by God. There is no more powerful motivating force in our lives. That's what verse 12 says. Dearly loved by God. To be such a people as we are, Grace City, and still be loved by Him is one of the amazing wonders of this world we live in. Just take a look at yourself and then say, you know, God loves me. Isn't that remarkable? It's never to be forgotten, church. It's what can sustain all of us to be change agents in this world, which is what he called on earth as it is in heaven. Do you want to do that? How many want to participate in that? Well, let's sing to God now. Let's sing the goodness of God. Worship team, lead us in that, and then we'll come back to the text. Pull out your your lyrics, if you would.
sure. Yeah, you can, you can give it. We're all part of the family here. I want you to thank you. We're sitting around the fireplace with the worship team this morning. We're all in it together. But here's the deal. So we are dressed now correctly. We sing to God. You just sang to God. He's our audience. And don't worry if, if you say, hey, I'm a lousy singer. There's plenty of those around. But when it comes from the heart, God receives it like it was written by Mozart and sung by Aretha. So what do we sing about? We got to know the lyrics. We sing to God, but what do we sing about? And that's our second point this morning. Here it is. It's in the text. We sing about Christ. We see it in the text in verses 15 and 16. It's another pairing of the inner and the outer dimensions of teaching one another. Take a look. 15. Here's the inner. Let the peace of Christ rule inside you in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you're called to peace. Verse 16 begins. Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly. And then it goes on with song, with song. That's our outerwear. That's what we put on. Here Paul calls the focus of our content of singing the word of Christ. This is the only time this phrase is used in the entire Bible. The word of Christ. It's significant. It's valuable. And listen, church, we can sing about anything. We can sing about nature, creation, patriotism, love and friendship, depression and breakups. Some of our best songs come from depression and breakups. But in the circle of faith, in his church, we sing about who? We sing about Christ. He's the difference maker. Think of the great hymns of the New Testament. When Mary and Joseph brought the newborn Jesus into the sanctuary, his uncle Zechariah broke into song. Blessed be the Lord, he has raised us up for a mighty Savior. The Gospel of John actually opens with a hymn. Did you know it's a hymn? It begins this way. You know it. In the beginning was the Word. And the final stanza, a few verses later, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. And this was a song in the early church. When Paul wanted to coach Christ followers on how to live, he used an early hymn in Philippians, and he gave it this preface. Let this attitude be in you, which was, which was in Jesus Christ. And the final verse of the hymn, are you ready? Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given Jesus a name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The first music we teach our children is what? Jesus loves me. And we should never quit singing that. This I know. For what tells me? The word of Christ, the word of God tells me so. In my teenage years, Paula, I don't know if you'll remember it. See, this is a test. There you are. This is a test. In my teenage years, a gospel song helped shape my understanding of Jesus. I was 14 years old. And I remember Bill Parrish uh, getting up and singing, God gave me a song that the angels cannot sing. I've been washed in the blood of the crucified one. I've been redeemed. Do you remember that? Do you remember that song? It was Myrna Summers who sang that. Remember Myrna Summers? God gave me a song. I'm not going to do that. It's quite a solo, but you and I could work on that later. I'd, I'd be lost in that. Well, worship team, start warming up this next song. As I've watched this fall season, when we're singing about Christ, the search for meaning and truth, Corey, is, has, has never been more evident for, 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 for people. We are all searching. We search high and low for meaning and truth. And, and we, quote, do our research. I love this song about Christ and Christ alone. We're going to sing parts of this. Open it up. Many of you will know it. But this is what we sing about. We sing about Christ. Pay attention to these lyrics as you sing them at the top of your lungs. Take us there, worship team. 
are more meaningful to you this morning maybe than they've been in a long time. So Grace City, here's, the, here's what verse 16 says. Let the word of Christ, about Christ, if you will, Christ alone, let that be the dwell among you richly. Let it be the central ingredient in teaching us how to live and teaching one another. We so need to hear about Christ from one another. Unrivaled. It's, the, the message about Christ is unrivaled anywhere in the world. Do you believe that still? There's a lot of messages out there. This is the message. Nothing else even remotely approaches it in its conception of reality, how to sing. So here we are. We sing to God, right? We sing about Christ. And finally, we sing for one another. We sing for one another. And if we've now had a dress rehearsal, we've had a concert, this is the jazz band now. This is where the jazz happens. This is where the vibe happens. Y'all have fun back there, okay? 
And it's, it's the end of verse 16. It's the, the beginning of 17. Take a look at it. As you teach and direct one another with all wisdom, with songs, what is striking here is that this is not a word primarily to teachers or worship leaders or pastors. Here lies a wonderful truth that is often forgotten by the church, that the work of the church must be done by the fellowship of all Christ followers. Point to yourself. Point to each other. There's no such thing as an ordinary, mere church member. No such thing. You're not ordinary in Christ. There's, it's an extraordinary task to teach one another, given by our extraordinary God to His people. Who We only become extraordinary in Christ. It's not because you're on our own we are, but in Christ, that Christ in you. We become extraordinary, Christ alone. So we sing for one another. Grace City, you don't know. Just take a look around your, your neighbors here. Just, just glance around, you know. Swivel, swivel your heads and look at people. Look at, catch an eye. You never know what spiritual trauma or diag diagnostic trauma sits in the chair next to you. you. You never know what desperate prayer is being lifted up as you sit here next to you. You, you never know what defeated memory is stirring. You never know what oppressed view of the future has settled into somebody's soul. You are singing for them for one another. And your words of hope and of love and assurance and trust in God, there's the words that, that they need to hear. This is the jazz of life. It ebbs and flows and goes in 12-beat cycles. With me? And we can't do it from our sofa. We can't. We're too disconnected in our sofa. So as the worship team begins to warm up this song, Many times, I've been too overwhelmed to sing. I've been too overwhelmed by grief or fear or indecision or, or guilt. And I've closed my mouth and I just listened to you sing. Through our 12 years here at Grace City, some of my times are just listening to you sing. And, and you teach me because you're there for me. And your words become the music of heaven to my soul. So let's sing now for one another, and let's sing a blessing for one another. So open your, open your lyrics, and let's, let's bless one another with this song. The Blessing.
upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you of our text this morning in verse 17 if you would whatever you do Grace City whatever you do Rashima whatever you do Nayla whatever you do Zach whether in word or deed do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him when in doubt Grace City here it is teach like Jesus teach like Jesus teaches us we don't have the answers to everything. I'm preaching from the trenches. We're living in the trenches. We're not on the mountaintop. We're in this together. But in Christ, we have this delightful responsibility to be available as a means of grace for one another. Someone say for one another. Paul says it again in a parallel book of Ephesians. He says, verse 29 of chapter 4, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Grace City, that's the only acceptable style for teaching one another. Do it in the name of Jesus. Do it like Jesus, in the style of Jesus. Do you remember when he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me? For I am gentle and humble in heart. Those are the clothing we talked about at the beginning of this message. Jesus put it on. Who are we not to put it on? Learn from me with gentleness and humility, and you will find rest for your souls in Matthew 11. So teach one another in the same way, Grace City. Sing to God. Sing about Jesus. Sing for one another. That's the style of God's house here on earth. That's what our house here at Grace City is to be about. That's the culture of this church that we strive to be for one another. It is musical at its core. Take this musical environment today and translate it into everything you do. Dress for it. Do it in concert about Jesus. Do it like jazz. It'll be random. It'll be fun. It's musical at its core. This is our house vibe, Grace City. Teach one another like you know the music, like you know the words, like you know the lyrics. Ask him to sing to you. Let's ask him to sing to us now with this, this song, Speak. Stay in your seats, but sing it out with all you got. Lead us in this song, Speak, worship team, and then we'll continue and have our benediction. Call to action and benediction coming right at you. 